0: An interesting article um, came up in the New York Times, which is attached below on the website. It basically shows that no other country... As usual, the United States is a bit of an outlier in our bailout. As I've stated quite openly, what the two parties are currently debating as a bailout is kind of useless. It's just political theater. They're basically just trying to bribe you a little bit with something that's not going to feed your kids because uh, over the course of four months if you are unemployed like a lot of people are going to be what good is a thousand two hundred dollars going to do you? Is that really going to stimulate the economy? No. They're basically just following normal economic principles and yes I said normal economic principles most countries are stimulating demand By you know, giving basically giving a kind of UBI to the majority of the population so that the population can buy goods, we have this ideology of doing it in an indirect way, which is part of a theory that's a bit of horseshit. Um, It's it's but it's the it's the religion of our country, if you will, Um, and it seems a bit I guess odd to say. An entire political theory as we are told it is complete horseshit. I get it But in my case when I first started studying finance and economics, I had already Spent a great deal of time in philosophy and gotten degrees in philosophy So it was a little easier to catch the holes and it didn't take all the philosophical training. It just took the estimations Like in math if you will um, you can look at a problem and if you get to a point where you're intuitive about math, they're always saying che- Make sure your instincts work, too Like you should know that from looking at a problem that it's within this range And that's what they generally test you on to some extent too because of the tests are generally timed With philosophy, it's the same way with arguments. So let's look at um our modern theories of economics in the United States um, are the ones that are popular. The idea of limited government, um, a free market capitalism where the market provides so much <sighs> Laffer curves are another thing that are constantly used again I don't want to overcomplicate this. There's a basic truth that runs at the bottom of our economy it, um, it's a little bit more evident in what's called compound interest, and I'm only going to say this in the more academic way to kind of, I guess, let you know I'm not just making crap up and show you where to go look up. But I'm going to explain it in a much simpler way after that. If you look at how compound interest works, uh, there it uses a number called e. E is a number that consistently repeats. Um, and one thing about Marxist economics is that. It does a very good job. Whether the system that it proposes in later parts, the part that we're most obsessed with, works or not, is debatable. But it does a good job of predicting what's wrong with capitalism. And e is a problem, or the idea that money can compound infinitely. So the consistent problem that is constantly being ignored and hidden in the language of our modern um, our are politically popular economic theories is that the idea that the ratio of debt of le- of debt to assets as it becomes so skewed and so over leveraged into the negative where assets are rents become most of your economy and the financial sector grows to ridiculous links that have nothing to do with actual assets or value of the economy thus making your economy a bit of a bubble or a shell game. It's a deflection from that simple observation which points out that the economy will never work unless you work against that. That's why most economies use a mixed economy of what we would I guess simplistically call socialism Um, if you're just being like completely and patently dishonest to some extent are okay instead of saying dishonest I'll say if you're just um, if you're trying to find a blanket term to you to describe any government assistance or any democratic control over things you need to live so basically If you use the definition that most politicians like to use for socialism in the United States, Adam Smith is a socialist because he believed the commons shouldn't be left to men or to the ravages of the market because people will die. It's a relatively commonsensical thought. and As a pandemic comes, though, the pandemic will enforce the importance of common sense much better than a reading of Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations. Now, for the more simplistic definition, or a way that we can all understand what I heard when I walked in as just someone walking into an economics class trying to get the grade. You know, I'm majoring in finance, you got to take this economics. And they're explaining first off the efficient market theory and the business cycle. Um, And I was laughing because there were two things that didn't work for me. And I could see as wrong already. And they explain them using mathematical models. So we'll start with the mathematical model. As a philosopher, the second I see of mathematical model, I want to know how did it work in the real world? And is there empirical data to tell me, "Does this work?" There is. We've had forty years of what's called neoliberalism, or the Republicans call something different. In the end, because um, the Democratic Party is majoritarily centrist, and it's a two-party system, that means we have one party and a half. Ideally, at least based off what they would actually run on, because there's only two parties. I mean, what are you centristing to? What what? If there's two and you decide you're going to be center. that means whatever this party is doing and that would be the racist party um, you're going to do half of that and we know it's the racist party now in a more obvious way because of their president. That only means that we don't understand the racism of the Democratic Party because we're in a racist country. I can explain it in a relatively simple way. If you start a hierarchy or you start thinking you've got a meritocracy in slavery, you don't have a meritocracy. You started in Jim Crow, you don't have a meritocracy. You have to correct what was wrong before you have a meritocracy. And this goes for people who would have been under the hyphenate definition and, the endless, and even events like this plague are the, corre- are the last financial correction that highly favor people that are already rich. That are mostly like extracting from an economy. And that's why I want you to pay attention to this article. There is uh, The power of, of the United States when it comes to its economic argument has never been its on, based on its merits. It's always been based on power. And I'll show that again. Let's talk about the business cycle. When we talk about what's called the business cycle or business year, where it's again a way of a way of distracting with the idea that there's a market equilibrium that will always be met so you want to sneak that poison pill in so the first thing i would ask is what is this market equilibrium as a philosopher because once you say okay everything just balances out that's like a huge statement. There's so many questions there. Uh, the market's crashed. Do I need to tell you that we aren't anywhere near equilibrium? Have never seen an equilibrium. Are any our equilibrium where, for instance, production goes somewhere close to the amount of wages you get? They're always disaggregated. Um where demand and supply are equal always disaggregated to some extent in reality and the reason that the mathematical models don't hold up is pretty simple it's human greed and just the inefficient governments do favor something I mean if you look at a government power in the end it's an application of force to make something happen with our with When you take a theory like our form of economics, what you're making happen is redistributing the money to people that are already wealthy. If it's a bailout, that means for instance, are putting trillions of dollars into the stock market because you're printing money, what are you doing? Putting trillions of dollars into the stock market and printing it, even though it's not directly from taxes, is still stabilizing an area of the market that would normally just fail. And probably should have failed for a while. Like our two parties, it's not representative, nor does it have a customer base that is not more a captive market than a market that it goes out and gets and competes for. Hopefully that's that's still simple. Now from that market that they compete for instead of not with while not having a market that they compete for are basically having captive markets you have the populace are the demand end of the economy people what an economy is for to stabilize the living conditions for people nothing's happening in that sector even in the area of a pandemic we don't have a social safety net or anything else so of course when you look at our economy, the demand is always the problem, but we never treat the demand because we, because of the ideology of efficient market theory. And I smelled efficient market theory racism immediately. The idea that there were these philosophy philosopher kings, and that you would get moral crisis moral crisis if you gave it to the masses because they're not as smart and rational and unselfish as these. People who will just work for the favor of the market because it's ultimately in their benefit and there's no way they would come to game the system and make the money go directly to them, which is exactly what they do with stock buybacks. That's basically just extracting from a company to give it to your to shareholders and letting the company die. On a larger scale, that's what capped our form of radical... Just below laissez-faire capitalism, essentially laissez-faire capitalism does. It It just extracts from an economy our people. It makes people and extracts them, that's it. Not all capitalism has to be that way, but that's United States capitalism. So when you look at the other countries that are now using what they would call more Keynesian stuff, again the bank how bankrupt our system was is just known. it's like our economists have to go hiding, they don't know what to do our billionaires get up talking they got you know they get up at Davos and they start talking they can't let any professors on the stage because the professor will remind them for instance that the marginal tax rate was around ninety percent until they changed it in the economy So if, um, for instance, when they were debating at Davos, that um, one time they were debating whether AOC was crazy for saying we should raise the marginal tax to about 70%. And he was like, what country has that level of socialism ever worked? Ha ha ha. And the professor just simply said, well, the United States until 1980 when your economy went to shit. And it got quiet. It was like, what? You know, they didn't know that. They knew it, or at least they should know it. I, I can't really say what goes on in a person's head. And that's what I want to point out. We're an outlier of an outlier. Within the 80s, we were kind of crazy um, economically, not having a health care system or anything else. Now we're off the deep end. With that, again, goes back to power. In Canada, they're doing a UBI, basically, and just giving money to everyone. Demand to stimulate the economy. In the UK, 80% are receiving an income. They're also housing the homeless. Demand to stimulate the economy, which allows more people to participate in it, and even would help adapt to an economy where people can travel less, can do a lockdown, in the United States, you have billionaires on TV saying, you know what, man? Grandpa, he's had a good life. My stock portfolio, though, we can't have that going down. So, Grandpa might have to go. Kids, kids can die from this, too. They might have to go, too. First response. Oh, they got to go, too. This is a colon. Um, that's poor leadership. And the rest of the world might have taken notice, because the only reason you find policies like austerity, where austerity is essentially the same thing we do here, we just don't call it that, our radical, unabashed capitalism is because of systems that are in place to make it so, which are powered by the United States military. Um, war is a Racket is, uh, was um, a Marine Corps hero of Smetley Butler's book. The idea is basically we go into other other countries, we steal their resources and we rule over them and then we, you know, it evolved. it's evolved over the years. You can have the CIA completely destabilize some countries and all of a sudden we've got people coming from Honduras and Guatemala and we're claiming we're being overran when we've already turned their countries into narco states. That's what feeds the US economy. When you want to know why we don't have masks. Why we can't change our manufacturing base over for masks is because the supply chains are going to other countries and us not making much in this country. Essentially, the a fight because of the overgrowth of the financial gain of the financial sector and the overvaluing of rents are basically money that is never tied to assets the game of taking a speculative economy, what people say that they think the economy is worth, and it happens to be like 40 or 50 times what the actual economy is worth, them sitting over there and saying they can hoard this money as power and and the incentive structure becomes to take away anything in the country that would actually make demand happen or Create the assets to run or do things in a country in order to maintain that doctrine we have to use force the fact that the rest of the world is looking back and kind of saying oh yeah we'll get back to what you're saying but not doing it and it's more of a especially knowing that it's more of a suicide cult is an alarming trend because this is if you, this is like you're sitting there, you got guns on everyone, right? And you turn around and say, you do this, you do this, you do this. And all of a sudden, you notice that the gun's pointed on you, you, you put the gun down, you know, you, you're just assuming everything's fine, but you still got the gun. And then all of a sudden, everyone gets quiet and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to just do this. Yeah, I'm going to just do the opposite of what you said. And it's distracting, you're trying to figure out what's going on. But you haven't raised the gun yet, and the reason you don't know that they're ignoring you is the fact that someone already has guns on you, and you ain't going to make it. Essentially, that's what's going to happen to our economy. That's what could happen. There is a way of looking at this where the rest of the world is preparing for a post-United States world. That should be a scary thought for people in the United States, because that's not going to be a pleasant experience. It might be better for the rest of the world, but we should consider that. And honestly, when it comes to how badly a pandemic, particularly one of the Corona type, has could destroy an economy like ours, um, especially when we have feckless leadership that is basically making it worse, It's a good bet to assume that, as I've been saying, whatever goes into this crisis isn't going to be the same as what goes out. It's a scary trend. Get to know your community. Think in your community of ways that you can do low-tech social distancing. That you can help the older people in your neighborhood. That you can preserve life ventilators if you got some try to try to hoard those because our government's not likely to be there for us it's gonna be up to us most likely and what happens after that is a scary thought um i would love to tell you i know what that is When you've been the biggest bully in the world, and you all of a sudden are brought low by something predictable and everyone can see coming though, you think your enemies ain't going to notice that? Hmm? Or, we have a problem with white nationalists in our country where they're licking stuff and doing everything they can to cause problems. It's going to be a scary place for minorities as the government's resources are changed. As people are dying in the streets. As law enforcement is busy burying bodies, or law enforcement is busy being racist see for a long, all of the thing, the things that we take out of the economy the extraction theme or the extraction religion that is our economic system is are things that would have stopped this particular pandemic from being able to destroy the United States Which it just might. It's a scary thing to say. And I get it. I don't want to be alarmist. But unfortunately, we need to actually understand one simple principle. Rome can fall just like any other Rome. It's just a matter of the right conditions. It's not immortal. Because if we and our leaders don't entertain the possibility that we can go into bedlam and death because we're so wedded to a political philosophy masquerading as economic theory and consensus that says that the people in a country don't matter as much as some businesses, which are entities and collections of people and most of them are basically just air because they're based on they're based on a speculation so far divorced from actual assets as to be nothing. That form of economy will break very quickly to power economics. Now, the people who have money and assets will have a a lot of pull, no matter how much the economy contracts. And I don't mean corrects. We need to get the old market paradigms out of our heads. If it was gonna, you can't correct something that ain't got no foundation in it. Doesn't have an equilibrium. I mean, that right now, what we need to do is figure out how to help and build small community centers for a government that is collapsing. We need to organize online talk to people get to know one another in safe ways i mean you can use your video camera or youtube whatever and get on organized and learn more about what's going on in our government and such relatively quickly and quickly enough to mobilize and save rome if you want rome saved if not rome can fall and the pandemic is a pretty easy one. At present, again, they're giving one thousand two hundred dollars as like a gimme, and then propping up companies that should fail, um, much like the banks that are too big to fail. Their business practices are why they can't recover. They have so much, so many problems in a recession or finance, our financial disaster they're mostly reliant on schemes of stock to make themselves profitable and the laws favor that more than making stuff if we had an economic base in the country we could just retool it um much like we did in world war one and two we could ret- we can produce tanks we could produce masks we could produce ventilators but we don't even have the ba- we don't have the infrastructure So the most powerful and wealthy nation has essentially became a shell, a shell that we can lose. This isn't an outcome I would imagine any of us want because of the factors I've pointed out. We have a lot of enemies abroad because we've earned them. We can't just bomb most of the world that's brown and yellow and not think that that causes problems. And then there's other people that would be jockeying for power in the position of a falling United States. We have internal problems, of the like, where we can't tell the president, who is supposed to only be the first citizen, to stop playing doctor. Our press is incapable of it because racism and white denial of racism. This is a dumb reason to lose a country. But it will most likely be the reason the United States loses a country, its country if it doesn't change course. As we are a government of the people, and most of you who are hearing my voice are stuck at home, we can start informing ourselves and fighting back and demand of our officials. Maybe. It might be too late. Because enough people are already infected, whether we know it or not, because we can't test where we're the new epicenter americans when people sit over there and they try and blame japanese or chinese people or chinese if i'm not mistaken call it chinese flu that's incorrect chinese they've got their problem under control in the united states it's it's american flu american virus because that's the new epicenter and the fact that we turn away more people than we're testing in various areas and we've been intermingling so much we've had such a bad response Anyone who's been paying attention, who's not like completely brainwashed, can tell a disaster is looming with respect to a pandemic, because most of us have probably got it. You're either carrying it or are probably dying. We're seeing the death counts increase faster than anything, because that's how exponents work. You keep doing something and it increases exponentially. Therefore, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's simple, it's not that complicated. It's time to become smarter than your elected officials to make your elected officials smarter. That is pretty much our only chance for survival right now. And if not, We've got, to go, we've got to go the Vietnam route and just figure out how we can survive ourselves with violent racists that are heavily armed in our country, as a thing that we've never dealt with, um, and with police that are persistently corrupt and not subject to the rule of law, while having an executive that cannot be corrected by the media or any of the other branches of government because of racism, I guess, and inability of moderates. As they call themselves to call out racism because they're too close to being racist to actually be able to stand up to racist And yes, uh, I don't care what their color is. What I mean by racist is tokens too. We'll talk. I don't mean token in the sense of blah 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 blah. I don't mean token in the sense of them not being supposed to be there. I mean that they have to hold an ideological line that doesn't work with reality. And I want to keep it as simple as possible, because we've covered a lot. And if you go back over it, I mean, most of you, if you've stuck in this long, you probably have your head kind of spinning a bit. You're like, what exactly is he talking about? Maybe a few times I might have even veered off. I don't think so, though. I think I was very very on subject. But here's the point in understanding what it means for other countries to refuse to engage in our death cult. Of giving money to rich people and hoping it works out when we forced it and their bet that maybe we won't be here afterwards all the violence will hit the streets you think white supremacists gonna stop killing when they kill me no if you are hyphen you got red hair there's no telling Do the rich actually care if the United States last? Again, if you want to save the nation, you have to entertain the idea that you can lose the nation. Our leaders have not. And in the process of losing, you need to understand what you lose. All your loved ones will most likely die or you will die. because. The fall of a nation that is the most powerful is not going to be a friendly thing. And there are more guns in this country than people with all of them stockpiled in to people that are generally relatively unstable and tend to want to kill everything. And we've fostered an environment where we have more of them. Because the United States can't admit it's wrong. You've got boomers who turn around and say, political correctness has gone crazy. Meanwhile, we have Nazis shooting up the place, and if you turn on YouTube, you're going to get sucked into a hole to make your child a Nazi. That's, that means that what the, the people who were saying, let's be a bit more PC, were talking about, that means your argument lost. <laughs> because the essential argument that people make when they see Nazis is, um, as a minority, this is yelling fire in a crowded room, because these Nazis will kill And You're too racist to see that you will be influenced by that our people around you will and you'll get people killed Presently we have concentration camps and people are dying. I want you to seriously consider What state we are in for this crisis to happen? I know a great deal of you have had to work. You've not been paying attention or you may have grabbed information sources that Aren't exactly that good, and there's a great deal of propaganda out there. It's got to be starting to sink in, though, that we are at a point in our country where something's going to break because it's a pandemic. It's pretty easy to tell. But let's also look at healthcare. Why are all these other countries doing well? Because Everyone that either doesn't, in the rosiest scenarios, doesn't have coronavirus and is sick of something else, or what we know is most likely going to happen is price fleeced by hospitals in another way, isn't going to go straight bankrupt just for going to the hospital, so they can be immunized. They already have the infrastructure to start with that, even start testing. Our infrastructure makes it harder for us to deal with anything because we don't care about anything, if you will, and we, have so l- we, we care so little about human capital and demand that we've created an extremist religion of catering to the rich, and we call that moderation in our country. And the person who says, uh, Bernie Sanders, for example, is completely demonized and considered malware way or the highway when he says, um, maybe we should do what all those other people are doing. We're the outliers. The rest of the world's not crazy. We are. That's the simple solution. Um, Why do you let people die or go bankrupt just because they got sick? Why does does an aspirin cost $20 in a freaking hospital but cost like a dollar in a Walmart normally? Normally. It's going to get worse because there will likely be some price gouging. All these conditions will multiply on themselves if we let our country die. And it's going to get desperate. What do you... I mean, think about it. For whatever it is that keeps you from getting informed, hating politics, um, hoping everything just works out, or whatever it is that motivates a person who chooses not to be adult enough to stay informed on the political trends that form the lives and safety of their... their children and family, um, and discuss those in rational ways. Whatever it is that keeps you from doing that, when it's the choice of you and everyone you love, either starving to death, being shot to death, being terrorized to death, maybe even being raped to death, or um, being burned out of your house, or dying of a a disease, of a virus that wouldn't have killed you if we could have shut the country down for a few weeks. Does that sound like a pleasurable way to go out when you don't have to go out that way? It's your choice. Hopefully this was illuminating. I will also have the articles and book suggestions for curing your love of capitalism. Uh, Mainly it'll be um, Stephen... Excuse me. The main books I would recommend would be um Michael Houston's Junk uh J is for Junk Economics because it does such a good job of going through each of the terms and you'll get the you'll get the gist of the message that this is a philosophical shell game. Um and the other and the other book I would suggest just to get started is from a gentleman who um who um what's his name Paul Krugman considered liberal in some circles uh has to duck because of the mental bankruptcy of his um his economic system Steve Kine's um debunking economics links will be um under it on my website at least and uh maybe in the comments on YouTube I'm I'm this is I'm also converting this to a podcast I'm not exactly sure how that'll work all right have a great day god bless you and goodbye